Hello, listeners. Jess here. Have you heard our newest show, Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches? Winnie Taylor is just a teenager when her mother dies, sending her to Cleveland to reunite with her dad, a former football player. It's an inspirational story about sports, family, and learning to overcome the barriers that hold us back. Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches has something for everyone. Action-packed football games, a story about friendship, and a father-daughter story that will warm everyone's heart. I know you're going to love it. Follow Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free with a GZM family subscription. Head to gzmshows.com for more. Hi, and welcome to the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. My name is Jonathan Messenger. And my name is Bebop. And welcome to the show where... There are no rules anymore. Bebop, what do you mean? Well, it used to be that you would put out an episode every Wednesday. Well, yeah, it's Wednesday, Bebop. And we'd go week after week after week every Wednesday, and that was the rules and the schedules. But hey, it's cool, man. No more rules. Hang loose. Uh, Bebop? What's going on? Nothing, it's just, you know, you're just some hippie now who doesn't even pay attention to the rules of the universe. Well, Bebop, you know, it's just a crazy time, you know, schedules are difficult to keep. Yeah, and so, you know, there are no rules anymore. I might as well just eat all the art off your walls and uh, there's nothing you can do about it. How about that? I'm going to eat all your art. No rules, huh? Okay, well, seems like Bebop and I have some things that we need to work out, and I'm not going to make the listeners listen to all of that, so in the meantime... Why don't we get into our episode? If you remember what happened in the last episode, Abigail was racing against Beth from the Shakespeare 820 when suddenly she shot off into space and was floating away. So we'll pick up with that in today's episode in Season 7 of the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, Worming Out of Trouble. shouted Foggy. What? said the explorers. Foggy pointed to the sky. Abigail is about to leave the atmosphere. Finn was stunned. Okay, Foggy, go! he shouted. Get Abigail before she floats off into space. If we lose the first game, we lose the first game. I don't even care. Technically, it's the second game, said Vale. Foggy shot into the sky toward the floating Abigail. So that's three wins for us then? said Hamlet, smiling at Troop 301. Three wins, said Vale. I know you won that first ridiculous game, and I don't know if they taught math on the Shakespeare, however, one plus one is two. Hamlet laughed. He kicked the dusty ground and looked at Vale. There are two rules to these games, he said. The first is that you have to compete without robot assistance, so your robot, what's his name again? Fog Hat? It's Foggy, said Finn through gritted teeth. So your robot, Froggy, he's breaking a rule right now. On the other hand, another rule is that all competitors have to stay on this planet for the duration of these games. So no matter what happens now, whether you let Soggy save your friend or you call him back and let her go, either way, you will receive a penalty of one loss. 
Vale, Finn, and Elias circled up. Okay, so hear me out, said Vale. Maybe we should let Abigail float up to the Marlowe? What? No way, said Finn. Come on, I don't want to lose, said Vale. And besides, didn't Abigail once use your toothbrush to clean her boot? No, said Finn. That was you. Oh, right, said Vale. Okay, okay, I take it back. Let's save her. Guys, I have a plan, said Elias. But Finn, it means you have to call off Foggy. But what about Abigail, said Finn. Trust me. Finn hesitated for a moment. If he called off Foggy now, Abigail might float off forever. But Elias also had a knack for inventing ways out of a mess. So he radioed up to Foggy, told him to come back to the ground, and watched as Abigail grew smaller and smaller in the night sky. Hear ye, hear ye, shouted Elias. Welcome to the third match of the Galactic Games, or whatever we're calling it. What are you doing? said Hamlet. You can't do that. The third rule of the Whatever Games is that if you suddenly make up new rules about robots and our friends floating off into space, then we get to pick the next game, said Elias. Of course, you can forfeit if you like and hand us a win. Hamlet thought about it for a moment, but threw up his hands. Okay, proceed, he said. Hear ye, hear ye, shouted Elias. You don't have to do it in that voice, said Hamlet. Hear ye, hear ye, yelled Elias, really enjoying it now. For the third game, we are going to play Catch the Abigail. Our friend Abigail is currently floating away from this moon. First one to catch her and bring her down to the ground, without a robot's help, wins. The Shakespeare kids immediately scrambled, just as Foggy returned to the ground to join Finn, Elias, and Vale. Okay, so what's the plan, Elias? said Finn. Just wait, said Elias. The kids turned and watched as the Shakespeare kids huddled up. It was clear right away that they didn't have a plan either. See, said Elias, they have no idea how to solve this one. Well, that's great, Elias, said Finn, but Abigail's about to become an asteroid and there's nothing we can do about it. Just wait, said Elias. Watch the Shakespeare kids. They're going to figure it out. And when I say, I want you to run, Finn, you have to run. Soon it was clear the Shakespeare kids were deep into an argument. It seemed Juliana was on one side and Troop 103 on the other. Finn watched as Juliana shook her head and Hamlet pointed at her, seeming to threaten her. I wonder what's going on, said Finn. It's like they have some sort of control over her. Well, she's our way out, said Elias. Ready? Ready for what, said Finn. Set, said Elias. Set for what, said Finn. Go, yelled Elias. Go where, said Finn. To Juliana. Finn suddenly knew what Elias's plan was, and he took off, running straight at the Shakespeare huddle. Juliana had just stepped back and crouched, ready to take off into flight. Finn jumped, and just as Juliana launched to the sky, he jumped and grabbed her ankles. Finn, what are you doing? shouted Juliana as they climbed into the sky. Trying to win this game, I think, said Finn. He looked down and the kids on the ground had started to look as small as ants. Maybe this wasn't the best plan after all. I hope you know that I am not one of them, 
said Juliana. I have to go along with them. Why? said Finn. What happened? What power do they have over you? There isn't time to tell you right now, said Juliana. But it can't look like we're working together. Are we working together? said Finn. Because I have good news, it looks like you're trying to drop me. Oh, that's a good idea, said Juliana. Then she took Finn on the worst ride of his life. She zoomed up, down, left, and right. She curled up and dove back down in a gigantic stomach-dropping loop-de-loop that swept over the Shakespeare and Marlowe kids with Finn barely hanging on. Let go! She roared at him as they passed over the kids. He heard the Shakespeare kids all cheer as Finn held on for dear life. He heard a quiet, distant, Sorry! from Elias as Juliana pulled back up into the sky and darted for Abigail. There. I think that fooled them, said Juliana. They were now in the outer reaches of the planet's atmosphere. Finn's head was dizzy from all the aerial spinning and the thin oxygen so high up that he didn't know what she meant. Did Juliana mean she had fooled the Shakespeare kids and she was really working with Finn? She definitely could have fooled him. Finn started to feel sleepy, and he must have blacked out for a moment, because the next thing he knew, Juliana was slowly floating back down to the ground, with both Finn and Abigail in her arms. Okay, on the count of three, I want you two to shove me, said Juliana. What? said Finn. Gladly, said Abigail. They were now just about ten feet from the ground, as high as a basketball hoop. Juliana whispered, Now! And Abigail and Finn pushed at her sides. She pretended to struggle, but the two of them dropped to the ground. No! yelled Juliana. You tricked me! I saved you both, and this is how you thank me? Finn stood up and shook his head. How I thank you? What is happening here? Juliana landed. Yeah, she said. By suddenly pushing away and dropping together to the ground, so you clearly are the one who technically brought Abigail to the ground as per the rules of this game. So now you won this one, which isn't very sportsmanlike, but now there's nothing to be done about it? That's not very nice, Finn. Oh, right, said Finn. He smiled. One point for the Marlowe! Yeah! yelled Vale. Eat that, Hambone! The Marlowe is back in the game. Finn looked over at the Shakespeare kids. Hamlet was ignoring them and was clearly angry with Juliana. Hey, said Finn, leave her alone. Forget her, shouted Hamlet. Finn watched as Juliana walked to the Shakespeare pod. I don't know how you did it, but I know she helped you win. And now it's time for a real game. Enough fooling around. Fine, said Elias. We're on a winning streak here. What's this one going to be? It's a race against time, you could say, said Hamlet. Who from your side is going to play? Oh no, not this one, Hamlet, said Beth. Quiet, said Hamlet. I'll go, said Vale. I'm super fast. Same, said Cymbeline. She stepped forward. She came nose to nose with Vale and the two competitors tried to stare each other down. Hamlet, said Beth, come on. These have already gotten too dangerous. 
How dangerous could another race be? said Vale. Hamlet smiled. Great, he said. Let the race against time begin. Hamlet stomped his foot on the ground. And then suddenly the ground shook. Finn and the others fell back and a giant hole opened in the ground and a head as large as a school bus shot out of the ground, its mouth open and circling Vale and Cymbeline. And as quick as it came, it was gone, returned to the center of the moon. What was that? cried Abigail. That, said Hamlet, is a moon worm. I thought you said this was a race, said Elias. Ha ha, a race against time, said Hamlet. And about 30 minutes from now, that moon worm will have swallowed Vale and Cymbeline down, 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 all the way into its tail. And once they're there, we'll never see them again. If you can save Vale within 30 minutes, you win. All right, so Vale and Cymbeline have been swallowed by a moonworm. And now it's up to the explorers to figure out how to get Vale out of there, not only before the Shakespeare kids get Cymbeline out of there, but before Vale becomes a permanent part of the moonworm. Find out in the next episode how it is that they get Vale out of there. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Griff, you know, while he's doing his remote learning, is not going to be joining me on these episodes, but he will be back hopefully soon. So until then, we will see you in the next episode, which will be within the next week. No matter what Bebop says, there are some rules, and we will be publishing a new episode soon. Thanks. Bye. Adventures of Fincast Music, a Gen Z Kids production, written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger, with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. Emerson Messenger is our intern. The music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg, recently voted the nicest human in the multiverse. For more great shows like this one, made by me and my partners, go to gzmshows.com. That's Gen Z Media, gzmshows.com. All of our shows are there. You can find a million great podcasts for you and your family. Thank you so much for sending in your art, your ideas, your sounds, everything. Love it so much. And we will be featuring all that stuff very, very soon. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week. All right. Well, when Mebom Tales is back, you can forget this whole slacker attitude. Hi, everyone. I'm Jeremy. I'm Autumn. And I'm Jasper. And we're, we're a GZM, GZM family. family. And we want you to listen to our favorite show, Becoming Mother Nature. I love the one with the Green Reaper and the zombies. Yeah! Three years ago, Brinley Pasternak helped the Anders family uncover the truth about Holiday's past. Now, she'll need them to help her find the truth about hers. Six Minutes Out of Time is the long-awaited sequel to the most downloaded family audio adventure in history. When Cyrus is found unconscious near the mysterious Elixir Academy in Florida, Brinley learns the school may have a shocking connection to her missing mother. All new episodes are available one week early and ad-free for GZM subscribers. Visit gzmshows.com to learn more.